This is the Amidon Planet Podcast, episode 60. I'm your host, Joel Amidon. Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to figure out how to teach better. Today on the podcast, we're we're being thankful. It's the time, it's the time to be thankful. You know, it's always a time to be thankful, but just we're taking a little extra time today to be a little bit more focused on it, be more intentional about being thankful. And I also like to think about it being um, grateful, grateful for things, uh, being thankful, being grateful. I think those are synonyms. And so thinking about our lives and the gifts we've been given and how we can just start, if you start listing them off and listing on all the different things that, you know, you have in your life that you're like, man, I'm, I'm kind of thankful for that. Like, a, I got a nice coffee cup here and these little purple marker. I'm just looking around my little office here. I'm just, you know, all these books that I've had a chance to read or a book that's been given to me or the learning that was represented from the author that they don't even know that, hey, I'm really appreciative of this book and the fact that I have it in my hand. I'm just thankful that they put those words down into a book like look at this, uh, this book by John Acuff called Finish. I can think of a couple lessons that I've learned from that book that I'm very thankful for. Just even thinking about like there's a a learning from that book as I bring it up, just about your goals and like that your goal, you set the rules for your goal. Like he'd have a goal of like reading a hundred books and you know, the fact is he would count audiobooks, He would count comic books. He would count, um, you know, uh, uh, what's another thing for comic books, uh, graphic novels. That's it. He count graphic novels. People are like, well, that does that really count as reading a book? He's like, Hey, it's my goal. I get to set the rule. And so thinking about that, think about the intentionality we have for our lives, the goals we have for our lives. And we set the rules for our goals or even to think like take a goal and cut it in half and be like, Hey, you hit that goal. And maybe you didn't hit the overall goal that you wanted, the full goal, but you hit half the goal and that's more than zero of the goal. And so I'm thankful to John Acuff for giving those learning. And then I see this other book peak by Anders Ericsson. I know that Sam Gilbert, who was on my podcast when we were talking about teaching math as agape, and then we also talked about grit. She recommended this book. I've not read it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. But, but I look at my, and I'm thankful that Sam was thoughtful enough to think like, hey, I think Amadon would appreciate this book. And so speaking of uh, former students and now colleagues that are uh, recommending resources and are just a pleasure to work with, I got another colleague that's going to be on the podcast today, Dr. Christy Livingston. And she is She's a ball of energy. Uh, she has got a fantastic attitude. She is just a delight. Uh, she was a delight to have as a doctoral student and here at the University of Mississippi. And now she's a colleague and she's got a lot of experience. She thinks deeply about teaching and learning. And I, and again, one of the reasons why I'm thankful for this podcast is being able to have discussions and, and thinking back again about all the different discussions that I was able to have and then also to share with folks, I mean, thinking about the conversation I had with my clinical instruct- instructor, Joe Dye, um, just thankful to have that conversation and share it. And then also thinking about like uh, with a former mentor and uh, uh, Erica Halverson, just a few weeks ago, got to have a conversation with her. The fact that she was willing to share time with me when she was launching this book that she just had coming out and thankful, thankful that she'd take the time to have that conversation with me. And like, this podcast becomes a platform for conversations. And, you know, sometimes I remember as a kid, I was, you know, at gatherings when my parents were having conversations, it was just fun to listen in on conversations, be able to listen in and learn about like how they were 
talking about situations. I remember my dad used to have conversation with a local uh, newspaper editor about politics and stuff. And I would just be like a fly in the wall, just kind of listen in. And that's really what these podcasts are. So I get to have a conversation with Christy Livingston, and we're going to talk about a number of things. We're going to talk about, um, one, she's just a great resource person. So the fact that we're talking about a resource that she's recommending, uh, the book Powerful Teaching, and we'll talk about that. We'll link to it in the show notes in case you're you know, so intrigued that you want to purchase it. We also are talking about the Enneagram, and we've talked about the Enneagram before in this podcast with Nancy Bartelt, um, but we're talking about it, again, from a teaching perspective as well. We always are talking things from a teaching perspective, but just kind of a free-flowing conversation um, about a couple things, but really, it's just the time to be thankful. I'm thankful for you uh, taking the time to listen to these podcasts, trying to make get better at it all the time. Uh, love sh- getting to share people like Christy with you all through this platform. And we're going to take a little break. Uh, we've been kind of pushing out an episode a week for uh, since October, which was the month of Joel. And I think, ah, we'll do a push and we'll, we'll put out an episode a week. And it just kept going. And I think we'll take a break uh, next week. But hopefully that this episode finds you in a good place. Hopefully you can uh, maybe spend some time with some family in the very near future. And we look forward to putting out more episodes. Got some good ones coming up. So stay tuned. So without further delay, oh wait, before we got to do the disclaimer, right? We're having some books. We're going to be talking about a couple of books. The links to the books, uh, to purchase the books will be in the, the show notes. And that's to the Eminem Planet Bookshop, which is a link to Bookshop, which is uh, supports independent bookstores. So if you want to support those small businesses, that's great. That link will take it you to there, so you can you know support them online, or just go to your favorite bookshop, your favorite local bookshop. I mean, here in in Oxford, we have Square Books. They're not a sponsor, but I just I love it every time I go in there. I just get inspired to read something. So support those local booksellers. They do some good work. Anyway, now without further delay, here's my conversation with Christy Livingston. Dr. Christy Livingston, thank you for coming on to the Amazon Planet podcast. How are you? I'm good. I feel like this is the part I'm supposed to say. I'm like a long-time listener, first-time caller, you know, right. old-school radio shows that, that they used to have back in the day. That's I'm right. excited to be here. Did you have a radio show that you would listen to? Uh, no, but I had a best friend that we used to make our own radio shows oh, uh, on those nice. little tapes. Uh, we, won't, we won't go into all that, but we were going to be our own recording DJs one day. Oh, that's great. I used to record uh, v- music videos with my friend Jake Schneider. We used to use uh, Weird Al Yankovic as like a main like source material and we would just lip sync it. And yeah, it was. We, we were obviously the cool kids in high school. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. And, and yeah, now we get to talk to each other. And so, uh, you know, before we get too far into this, uh, yes, uh, we have a, a a fairly long relationship here at, at, through the School of Education here. But could you just uh, take a moment to introduce uh who Christy Livingston is to the audience here? Sure. Christy Livingston. I've been in education for 14 years now. Uh, First six years, I was an intervention specialist at an elementary school uh, for K through sixth grade. Uh, Did reading and math. That was like my original path. I I got my bachelor's under math. And then when I got my master's, I was focused in math and then kind of got in my heart and soul that I really wanted to get a specialist in literacy. So ended up getting my doctorate It's been a few years as a literacy coach and a literacy professional development trainer, Uh, five years as a like team lead, like a, like a boss of a bunch of adults who did professional development around the state. I know I don't, it feels feels weird to still say that. 
Um, and that was a really cool experience. Got to lead a lot of people through math, science, ELA, professional development. And currently, I am a literacy consultant for the North Mississippi Education Consortium. And I do some adjunct work for the University of Mississippi. Nice, nice, nice. So, and the I guess the genesis of this, is that a good word? Yeah, probably a good word. Um, well, I, actually, I'm just kind of blown away initially from the math, starting in, in the math world. I just didn't know that. Like, see, that's why we have these conversations. You just kind of. I mean, reveals. I can talk about like the concrete pictorial abstract approach. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <Now> <laughs> is that your excited. math love language? And that's then, right. And yeah. then, then it about ends. I can do wow. subtraction with regrouping, and that's about as far as it goes now these days. I'm in my happy place right there. All right. So, um, but we we wanted to have a, a <laughs> and here's the thing. Um, I see you as someone who's always connecting to ideas. Like you're, you're reading things, you're hearing things. You're, you're always like seeking out information. We just got actually got done with a book club and it was like, Hey, have you seen, there we go. We just read the dream keepers by Gloria Ladson Billings, uh, previous episode of the Amazon planet podcast, but we talked to her, but anyway, um, but anyway, you through, through those conversations through that book club, you're like, Hey, people thought about this or putting something in the chat. Here's another resource. And, I know that there's, if you come up with a recommendation for something to read, um, and you talked about this book, Powerful Teaching, which we'll get to in a second, and I haven't had a chance to read it, but I'm like, if I'm limiting the the content that we talk to on the podcast to um, just stuff that I've read, then I'm in trouble because it's, it's hard to read all this stuff. And so that's why we lean on each other, right? We're smarter together. But also too, right. we wanted to talk about a little bit about the Enneagram as well. And we've got that book too. You got your book there, The Road Back to You bam, there it is. Cause I'm a big fan of it. It's helping me like, especially now we're in our fall semester, uh, senior students, they're dealing with a lot of things. They're dealing with stuff and, and, and the stress and, and sometimes having an idea about what, how people view the world, which the Enneagram kind of gives us is a way to like, um, provide some insight, provide some insight, on how best to help them versus like, I'm just going to speak to them. Like they see the world the way I see it, which is right. not, not true. So, so we're going to talk about the Enneagram. We're going to talk about powerful teaching. And and I think we just talk about, I, you just have, again, a lot of insights on on teaching as well. And so um, we, and again, you're very energetic and, and have lots to share. So <laughs> here we go. So what do you think? I mean, so going back to the Enneagram, like why, why did, again, why did you want to talk about this book? Why, why was it something that you're like, hey, this is something that I'd want, I'd, I'd want to bring up and, and talk about with regards to teaching? I will say this book for me, because I was just introduced to it, I guess, like the past two or three years from a, a very respected colleague I had um, when I was working at the Department of Education. And she was leading a huge team of literacy coaches, like 100 people. And she said for them, it helped them find common ground, how to build better relationships with people. And so she she was the one that came to me. and She didn't tell me right out what my Enneagram was. But if anyone knows me and if they know anything about Enneagram, they know I'm a one which means I'm a perfectionist, which means <laughs> yes. I just need all the things to be done right in my life. Like, that's all I ask. I just want everything to be perfect. And so when I first started reading this book, um, that's when I was uh, the supervisor over a team of like 13, 14 people. So we all read it together. And I started like making these like immediate like connections, first reading about myself, kind of figuring out, ooh, is that is that how I... Yes, that's how I see the world, but is that how I'm coming across mm. to other people? And I'm like, oh, that, that feels icky. I don't, 
I don't want to be, I don't want to come across critical and judgmental. That's when my intention is I'm trying to help you be better, but it helped me realize like the way I see the world is so different from other people. Um, Even on the front of my book, I know the podcasters can't see this, but there's a list of all the people that worked with me and I had all of their Enneagrams and their wings written down. So I knew when we were having conversations or working on projects together I could take a step back and say, okay, this is my perspective. This is how I think it should be done versus how they see the world and how they kind of fit with the project and, and fit with where they're at. So for me, it was a huge moment of growth and clarity, but it also helped me build more authentic relationships with people. And it was almost like a running joke. Um, like the twos are the helpers. If you're a two, you're a helper. And I had two on my team and they would always say, look, I'm a helper. Just tell me what to do. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do until you tell me, but when you tell me, I'm going to help you. So for me, it was just, it helped me build such better relationships. Yeah. I mean, cause that's the thing. I mean, you're all coming together and this is again, thinking about teachers, you're coming together wanting to provide the best education for kids. Right. And we, so, oh, we all have this common understanding, but we, again, like you said, looking at the book. And again, the book is The Road Back to You, an Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne St- Stabil. I think it's Stabil. Anyway, he's got a new book coming out soon, I think. Hmm. I'm pretty sure add I saw it, that as add a Add it to the list. Add it to the list. But um, so, but then having these different ways of viewing the world and and then being able to, ha- again, common common language. So like, I could have, I was going to ask you, but I could have guessed that you were a one from, from I'm, I'm our I'm really fun at parties. I'm like, you could have set up the table. That's right. <laughs> Everyone wants to be my friend, obviously. These napkins don't really match. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but just having like that perspective of, Hey, you know, I'm noticing this not, I mean, it, it's, you know, if that's something that you need to make this better, like I'm here for that, but, but also too, and I don't know if you'll do this, when I'm interacting with somebody in, cause like I'm always willing to say, Hey, here's something you could do to make it better. And I'm like, do you want me to, to, to exercise that role? Or do you want me just to listen? Cause I'm here just to listen if you want. And, and that has been helpful in, in certain conversations, especially with my daughter right now, she's a teenager or almost a teenager, like having those conversations be like, Hey, do you want me to listen? Or do you want me to provide some advice or insight or whatever? And she'd be like, just listen, dad. I'm like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> so my, my eight-year-old, you know, they're still, there's, she's still developing into her personality, but I can right. see like some parts of one and me and my husband were actually talking about this one night. He's an eight. I'm oh, okay. a one wing nine. So mm-hmm. that means I'm a perfectionist, but I don't like to tell people, like, I don't want to have drama or conflict. Peace, he's an yeah, eight. The peacemaker, he was, right? Is peacekeeper. Yeah. Or, yeah. And so I don't, I don't want any of the drama or the conflict. He's an eight that likes to push buttons. Like mm-hmm. he's a challenger. He, he enjoys like, and it stresses me out, but we were talking about it one night and um, she asked me, mama, what are you? And I'm like, I'm a one. That means I want everything perfect. She's like, oh yeah, you do. That's why you say <laughs> something. If I make a 94 on a test, I'm like, thanks. I'm obviously really killing this mother thing too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's another role of teaching. Keep you humble, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. So like how, I mean, so yeah, you're talking about this from the perspective of a parent, but you're also talking about the perspective of a, a leader of teachers, but then a teacher of teachers, but then also you have your experience as a, you know, teacher in the classroom as well. I mean, how do you see the Enneagram being helpful to you in your teaching? So in my current position, working with student teachers who are in the schools, working with what we call here at the university, clinical instructors, 
mm-hmm. who may be very similar to them, but may also be very different from them. Um, I, I think we think a lot in pre-service programs, we focus on the teacher-student interaction, how we teach, how we assess, how we engage, remediate, develop classroom culture. But I don't know if we talk enough about the success of any teacher is also grounded in the culture of the school. Mm. And the culture of the school is built on the relationships those teachers have with each other and on the uh, and the, the whole faculty, the whole staff, the, the right. relationship you have with the cafeteria workers, the principal, the counselor, everyone. Are we all here and are we all, you know, with the same vision and are we able to respect and understand that other people in our building see things and do things a little differently than we do? So I actually have it kind of on my like unofficial agenda for the spring after they're they're they've done all these uh, UBDs, all these assessments when they're just full student teaching. I'm going to have my team complete the Enneagram uh, assessment and have just a conversation with them really quickly about, okay, well, that's how you see the world. But know that your clinical instructor may see it differently. Right. And just understanding like you have to find common ground. but for them to better understand themselves and how they approach teaching versus how someone else might. Yeah. Well, even to, to see too, you know, we're in a still in the midst of a pandemic, hopefully we're coming out of it, like how people operate out of stress and things like that. And the Enneagram offers some insights in that as well. And where, you know, all of a sudden somebody might, you know, flex into uh, different phases or different kind of descriptions of the Enneagram based off of whether they're in stress or not, which is, I think it's very helpful for me. Like I'll be a little bit more playful when like, you know, I got, feel like I got things under control, but you're, if not, you're, you must be a one as well. Yo, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So, it, so in safety, when we're real, when we're at our best, we go to a seven, which is like kind of when I read about the seven, I'm like, I want to be a seven. They're so carefree and they're spontaneous and they do fun things. <laughs> yeah. I want to be that person. That's right. And, and we both have a fondness for, um, Disney world. Uh, I think for me, like I love Disney world because I can do all the budgeting ahead of time and like with it, like get it all down. And then when we go, it's all just, Hey, you got your treats. We got our meals. We got everything planned. Like, just, let's just go, you know, <laughs> but loose and fancy free. Where do you want to go? You want a dole whip? Fantastic. Let's get one. It's, it's the in the meal plan. We that's got right. it. That's right. It's in the plan. It's in the plan that I perfectly designed. <laughs> like, oh, we're ready. My, I love it. I, and I love knowing at this time, we need to be at this ride. And at this time, we have this ride. And my husband's like, you're taking all the fun out of what a vacation <laughs> supposed to be. That's right. <laughs> One more time and it's a small world. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> like, but, the, but the time, the, you know, the wait's only five minutes. We can that's do right. it. One more time. <laughs> so, um, so I guess this knowledge of the Enneagram, and, and again, we've, we've done a, a previous episode on Enneagram here with uh, Nancy Bartelt, but like, how does the Enneagram help you best operate in the world? And then kind of talked about your interactions here with teachers and other folks, but I don't know, like, how does it best, how does it help you? Well, I think in terms of this book, one of my favorite things, I think you mentioned it a second ago, is there's actually kind of like this chart that they have for every number. And it says, okay, when you're a one, this is you when you're at your healthiest. These are what you, you, you look like. This is how you exhibit that. This is when you're average. And this is when you're unhealthy. And I don't know if I ever thought in terms of what does it mean when I am like not in a great mental space? What does that really look like? Not just for me, but like to those around me. And so it kind of gives me those indicators. Like this is something tangible that I'm looking for. If I'm, if I start feeling anger and resentment because 
you know, the trash didn't get taken to the street by my husband or something. Like it's something so small. If I am finding anger and resentment in those things, I, I know, okay, it's a time for me to step back. Mm-hmm. I need to call, I need to call up my therapist and have a conversation. I need to, I need to stop trying to juggle so many things. It, it reminds me like, I got to walk away from all the things I'm trying to perfect, get back in a good mental space so I can be like the best. Cause that's all what we all want to be. We all want to yeah. be the best versions of ourselves. So it kind of helps me see where I need to be. And that's one of the great things that this book does. Yeah. And I think, um, and again, just barely scratching the surface of anything here, but you know, to, for people that get the book, especially, you know, we live in a relational world where we're dealing with other people and tip one, be able to see yourself in the best light and be able, like what you just said, just these recognition factors, like, Ooh, that's in a bad spot. Need to, need to, need to reevaluate, need to step back here, need to um, not put my critiques on somebody else and, and, you know, think about how can I be a, a healthier version of this? Um, but to, to look at this, something like this book and seeing like, Hey, how can I become like you just said the best version of myself out in, out in the world and just getting that, knowing yourself better, knowing each other better, building better relationships. And then for the, for the fact that we're being teachers, if we have healthy relationships around uh, of, of adults around children, we're going to be offered a better opportunity for them to be in the best environment to learn. So. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Like I, w- I would recommend it to any like admin, like as a, as a book study with their team, just so they can all get to know each other better. And it's such an easy read. It's such an easy read. Oh yeah. It's scary. The first time you read the descriptors of your Enneagram number, it's like, Oh wow. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fun. I'm, I'm pleasant. People <laughs> must love me. <laughs> That's right. Um, but you know what also too, I'll tell you that just before we jump into the other talking about powerful teaching is I'm working with somebody right now who is a, like a grad assistant who's a one as well. And it's like, we're humming because like we kind of see the world and like taking care of things and we're all on the same page and it really helps out. And, but on the other side, having someone who is different than working with me before, it wasn't any still a productive relationship, but just knew like, Oh, they want things a little bit differently than I do, than I do. And I just need to clarify and that it helped it helped the working relationship. So that was good. I kind of use it as like my excuse. No, I'm a one. I can't. This is who I am. I apologize. Right. It's just, I love you. I will build a great relationship with you. But I'm also, I think one of my um, student teachers wrote on my, on my evaluation last year, Dr. Livingston has high energy, but really high expectations. That's right. I was like, I'll, I'll take it. it. I'll own it. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, a good follow on uh, Instagram is Ian Morgan Cron, the author of the book, because he'll offer every now and then, like, you know, the Enneagram for blank and he'll get next nine days he'll go through whatever it is and kind of give descriptions like little little bites of learning so in case you're uh not wanting to read the whole book but it's out there all right speaking of books this is one that you keep talking to me over and over again i need to get it i need to get it so powerful teaching so tell me about the book powerful teaching and why i should read it oh there it is oh yellow cover too yeah, I know. People, on, people on a podcast can't see every time I'm holding up a book, but and what's the subtitle? Uh, Unleash the science of learning. Fantastic. Okay. I'm trying to remember how I even came across this book. I don't even know. Like, it's just one of those books that like completely changed how I do instruction and how I do assessment. So engaging students and even adult learners. I've done a lot of professional development over right. the past several years um, and working with adults. It is different than working working with children. It's, we call it um, andragogy. It's when you're teaching adults. What does that mean? 
but it focuses on what true learning is. So it's not just, you know, sometimes when we think about when you go into a classroom, are kids learning? And we think, okay, well, is the teacher putting information in their heads? And then we mm-hmm. kind of just stop there and we're like, okay, so they're watching a video, they're getting information in. Uh, I'm giving a lecture, they're putting information in. And I think when we stop our view there, that's where we're kind of missing the whole mark because this book clearly defines learning as being a three-step process where, yes, we put information in, we put new information into our heads, but then we store it, right? You have, you're either storing it long-term, short-term, you got to hold on to it. But the way to keep it in storage, the way to keep it long-term is to practice what is known as retrieval, which is simply just pulling in information out. So I'm going to use you as a guinea pig. Didn't even practice this before, but Dr. Emmanuel, what did you have for dinner last night? Uh, I had brats, bratwurst. Okay. What did you have Tuesday last week? No idea. No idea. Right. So- And that's like simple information, right? You're just naming a food. It's not complex information. But because you haven't had to think again about what you ate Tuesday a week ago, it's not, you didn't store it. It's not there anymore because you haven't had to retrieve it. Now, if I ask you next week again, what did you have for dinner on Thursday night of this week? You might remember because I've already asked you. So the more you have to pull information out, the more likely you are to remember it long term. Mm -hmm. So thinking about when we work with kids, especially in in a pandemic and leaving a pandemic, not just from week to week, you know, or year to year, but our kids went to a bathroom break and they came back. Do they remember what we did right before we left for that bathroom break? And, you know, being intentional about having the kids tell you, what did we just learn? Asking very specific questions to make them retrieve it. So it sticks. And it's probably, so it probably makes sense too, like retrieving it in, in different ways, different contexts, different, like, so it's not just this, you know, I'm, I'm just imagining a pathway, right? If it's down the same, we're like, Oh, what if I have to go around the, the corner here? So if I'm just, you know, either regurgitating something or using it in um, constructing something or whatever, doing some sort of making of things or a solution to something that it would seem like the different types of retrieval would also help things maybe. Mm-hmm. And I always like just give people the example of like, if you meet someone, you know, pre-pandemic at a party and they're like, hey, my name is Joe. Okay, Joe's an easy name to remember. Nice to meet you, Joe. But you don't see Joe for like three weeks and then you run into them at the grocery store and they're like, hey. And you're like, hey, you. And you're <laughs> like, you, you have no idea what their name is because you, you haven't had to retrieve it. You haven't had to pull it back up. So your brain didn't store that information long term. Wow. Yeah. So. So what are, I mean, so, okay, so that's the kind of the, the basic thesis of it. So what are some key learnings you've had when in just overall in reading the book? So while I was reading it, I will say it's written by someone who's like a cognitive scientist, like who's someone who's like uh, Pooja Agarwal and Patrice Bain. Fantastic. But one was a, either a fifth or sixth grade social studies teacher for years and years and years. And then Pooja uh, was working on, you know, studying all things about the brain. And they partnered together and did research together in this classroom to see, like, using what all Pooja knew about your brain, what can we do to better help these fifth and sixth grade students understand long-term these historical concepts that we're teaching? But while while I was reading it, they give, like, very practical strategies. Like, oh, you want to try retrieval in your room? This is what it could look like. And it's any content area, any grade band, I mean, it's things like I do with myself now when I'm trying to like remember something easy, you know, 
thankfully now we have phones. We can type everything into our notes to remind yeah. ourselves. But if it's something simple, like there's these really um, basic things that I do in my classroom. One that I love, it's called um, retrieve taking. So it's like note taking. But if uh-huh. you think back to, I don't know, the last time you sat in a seminar and someone's talking at you and mm-hmm. you're trying to frantically write down everything yeah. important they say while also listening for the new information without actually taking any of it in, right? You're, you got too many right. things going yeah. on. So the purpose of retrieve taking is tell everybody pens down, pencils down, computers away for the moment. I'm going to do like a five or 10 minute mini lesson. This may be a video, whatever it is. I need you to look for these key items, but that having the kids fully engaged in the learning and then saying, okay, now we're going to pause. I want you to go to your notes and I want you to add X, Y, Z. So it's giving them an opportunity to be fully present in whatever the new learning is before they go and try to write it down. So you're pausing and giving them time to retrieve what you just said, kind of flip it around and put it in their notes in a way that makes sense to them. So it's like prompting, prompting them to notice some things, giving the, whatever the action is, could be, you know, your little mini lecture or a video or whatever, mm-hmm. and right. then giving them actually giving time to say, all right, now write down these things that you know. You saw. And I would say as a teacher who, uh, you know, we talk about accommodations all the time. What I do is I actually use guided notes. Mm-hmm. So I'll have like fill in the blanks for like what I want them to know. And I'll say, okay, now go to number one fill in those blanks there and it'll be like key organized notes for them that they can study later, but it's giving them an opportunity to pull that back up and put it, you know, down on the paper that they want to take notes on. Well, another, if, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, keep going. I was gonna say another thing I do in my class and I have, I work with university students and I have to say this at the very first class and it's in my syllabus every year and say, you're going to have a quiz every week. Like it's, it's going to count five points. That one quiz each time is five points. And it's only worth like 10% of their grade. It's very low stakes, but letting them know at the beginning of every class, we're going to have what's called a quick quiz. And it's either going to be over the reading you did, you know, the week before or uh, a previous lesson, but it may be something we even learned week two. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're all, we're, we're way into the semester right now. But one of the things I might ask my students um, in one of my ELA classes is what are the three key shifts in ELA? And because it's a very important part, them knowing, finding evidence, background knowledge, like all those things are very important for them to know to be successful in my class by the end. So they know if, if I've pointed it out and it's on a quick quiz, it's probably coming back later. Yeah. But giving them that opportunity each week to pull back up knowledge that maybe we haven't talked about in a few weeks. Right. And well, I'm more and more, and this is coming at a, a time where I'm recognizing I need to be spending more time on vocabulary of my um, of, of what's important in my classes, right? So we talk about yeah. messy tasks, open-ended math tasks, but then we also talk about um, like a lot of formative assessment and summative assessment and even the differences of them and like having them have definitions and what they actually mean helps them figure out like, well, what does it actually look like in the classrooms that they're in? Because all of them are in different contexts. They're from kindergarten class to, to a sixth grade uh it could be math class, could be any different subject areas that they're being placed in, but then trying to have them like, think about what these things look like. If they don't have a, a good solid foundation in the vocabulary of what we're talking about, I think I'm doing them a disservice and that's what right. I'm recognizing. And so like even having these, um, a way for them to power, retrieve this knowledge in ways and knowing that 
hey, if we can get this cemented in there, they're going to be better off when they go forward and can talk about what is what makes a quality formative assessment. Oh, I know what it is. Now I can tell you what it actually looks like. So, yeah. That's, yeah, and so that's I will something. say that's what a lot of my quizzes are. With literacy, there's, it's again, it's vocabulary heavy. You have to know the difference in phonological awareness and phonemic awareness and phonics. And it's these like words that you don't use in your everyday life. And so it's, the quizzes actually take it. I'm not asking them for the definition. It'll say, here's a task. Here's something a teacher did with a student. What does that align to? So it's, it's them having to pull an example and then connect it. So we're, we're continually quizzing, but with as many models and application pieces as we can. Well, and that's really important in, in, in this state too, because I'm, I'm assuming all that knowledge that you're giving them that's a, is also on their, what's foundations the reading? of reading tests, yep. foundations of reading tests, which I've heard stories about, but <laughs> something that they need to need definitely need to have. Yeah. Um, well, so, okay. So if you're going to get, so you're, you have the book and you had a copy of it and you're going to slide it across, you can slide it across the table to me or somebody else. What, what guidance would you give to somebody in reading it? I would say just have a pen and a notebook handy because like mine is highlighted to like to death at this point. Yeah. yeah. Because, but it'll give you things that I'm like, you can pause and say, I'm going to go try this next week and nice. see if it works. Like one thing I do on my assessments now on every single test I give, my final question is always, now tell me two things that you've learned so far in this class that are not already on this test or create your own question that is not already always some type of retrieval opportunity for them. Um, so it'll give you tons of just ideas like, you can go do this tomorrow. And most of them are zero prep. Like yeah, yeah. And we're always looking for what can I do that to make this big impact? That's not going to require me to spend 20 hours planning. Right. 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 Yeah. Like an exit ticket could be, let's do a complete brain dump on concrete pectoral abstract approach. Like right. write down everything, you know, you have two minutes or write down two things you remember. Like right. you can just be very intentional about how you have um, students retrieve. So if you're going to, if you're going to be able to get this book, I mean, it's so good and it's so practical. Um, just have a notebook ready to write down all your ideas. Nice. 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 And I, and I, you know, sometimes when I hear about books and you know, what makes me nervous sometimes it's somebody in like a, well, in a school of education, that's, you know, not in a lot of classrooms and they're writing something like, here's how you should engage in teaching. But what I like about this one, what you're saying is this is a partnership between, you know, someone who's acknowledging like, Hey, there's some expertise that's existed with this teacher in the classroom. And then the, the classroom teacher says, Hey, there's some expertise for this person that has a great understanding of the brain. Let's come together. And then let's figure out what that looks like. And we're going to, Actually, it sounds like use this stuff in the classroom as well. And, and that's exactly how they write it. Like you'll, you'll see who the author is in each section. Like this is Patrice. And I'm going to give you an example of what this looks like in my fifth grade class. And it'll be Pooja. This is what it looks like in my university class. So you're seeing both of their perspectives in a way that can help you connect like deeper to the, to the content that they're telling the story with. So I, I know I gave you a challenge. So can you sum up powerful teaching up in seven words? Have you listened to me talk? I can't do anything in seven <laughs> words. I said retrieval is just exercise for the brain. Nice. Very good. I'm, I'm proud of myself there. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, and I know, summarizing. well, I know too, like you always have resources that you want to write. So this is, could be something related to uh, what you're doing. Could be stuff you're doing at North Mississippi Education Consortium. Anything to promote. So any anything you're like, hey, here's another book you need to read or here's some resources or here this opportunity is. 
Um, what, what do you got? I think if you can buy both the books, uh, I don't know when this live, this goes live, but you know, Christmas is around the corner. It's great to add to a, to a wish list and have someone, you know, everyone wants educational books for the holidays. Yeah. Well, you know what we've Um, done? It was with the Ian, the, the road back to you. We brought it to holiday functions and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> like pass around let's let's figure let's figure let out how we analyze can you <laughs> no just figure hey everybody identify what the enneagram number you and that's been a good conversation if it you haven't is, seen it is. Yeah, yeah uh i do think like if we could share with them a link for them to take the quiz if that's yeah, something yeah. they're interested in and being able to um there's a free version i can send to you um Please. i would also say the if you look up powerful teaching i can't think of what their website is but i'll get it for the um show notes but there's a website they have that you can go and check out and they have tons of like templates that you can use nice. like one pagers that kids could write on if you just wanted to print and have those ready um also i guess just promoting myself uh, i do offer a session called make it stick that i do pd with teachers um k12 and kind of teach them how to use some of these practices in whatever they're teaching so you know, North Mississippi Education Consortium. You can you can contact nice. me and I'll come hang out with you virtually or face-to-face. Nice. Okay, so basically you've taken like kind of the learnings from this and put it into something that people can actually participate in as a, as a yeah. teacher through, oh, okay. So that was a little joke we had because like you were talking about make it stick and I, I thought I heard made to stick and I'm like, oh, that's a great book by Chip and Dan Heath. I'm, I'm reading it right now. And she's like, no. <laughs> No, it's not. We've never we're, read that book in my life, but we can talk about it. Whatever we can talk about do, it. Doc. I could sell you on that book, but yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what happens when two people that have a lot of energy in our Enneagram ones have a conversation. You get, right. you get part of it. Exactly. Well, thank you. And we'll, again, we'll put all those resources in the show notes. This is great. Uh, I love this uh, conversation. I'm now I'm sold on powerful teaching. I'm going to go pick it up and uh, we can maybe have another conversation later. Sounds good. Well, we will have a conversation. I mean, we, we work together. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Christy. Thanks. I am thankful for Christy Livingston. Just so good to be able to have that conversation and being able to share with you. And again, that's part of the thing from this podcast is I'm thankful to have the conversations and I'm also grateful to share them. And I'm thankful for anyone that's, that listens to them. So really appreciative of everyone taking the time to download. We know what's cool is about podcasts is you need to make an active decision to hit play, to find the episodes, to find the podcast series and hit play. So I'm appreciative for every time someone makes a decision to do that. And again, what's cool is more and more often people are making that decision to hit the play button. So we're appreciative every time that you choose to do it. And hopefully we keep putting out good content. If you're ever looking to provide some feedback, I'm thankful for that as well. You can uh, send me an email to JC, uh, I'm not JC, that's my personal email. Well, how about Joel at AmazonPlanet.com? Joel at AmazonPlanet.com. You can reach me and we can you know get some feedback on, hey, maybe there's someone I should be talking to or something we should be talking about that you're like, hey, this would be good. I got some feedback from a former student, Paul Newman, not that Paul Newman, but Paul Newman. If you're listening out there, thank you full for him because he signed up for the uh, Amazon Planet email list where, again, we're trying to revamp that and putting out free and easily accessible professional development opportunities for professional development. I think that's the best way to use that platform. And we had some ideas about some things that maybe can uh, come down the pipe. So thank you, Paul, for sharing that. And if you uh, if you also want to join the email list, you can do that. Go to AmazonPlanet.com, hit any one of the email buttons uh, or email list buttons. There's plenty of them on that site. You can also, if you want to support the podcast, subscribe. 
wherever you get podcasts. Um, so that could be the subscribe button, the follow button, whatever it is, wherever you find podcasts. You can also rate and review. That's also great. And then also to share. So if you find an episode very helpful, if you're like, hey, man, someone should hear about some of these resources that Christy just mentioned, or you want to share something from an awesome clinical instructor like Joe Dye that we had uh, a little while ago, any of those things that you want, any of those episodes that you share, um, and again, those get noticed and we see the plays and that says, hey, this is the kind of content that people are finding pretty, uh, pretty helpful. So we're trying to be responsive there. So go ahead and share it as well. You can also follow at Amazon Planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or like the Amazon Planet Facebook page. You can also check out the Amazon Planet store for that Be The Good swag or Amazon Planet Bookshop. Links to both of those things can be found in the footer at AmazonPlanet.com. You can also, there's also links usually in each one of the show notes. So the show notes for this episode will be AmazonPlanet.com forward slash forward slash episode 60. I also got another couple podcasts out there if you're interested. We've got the Teacher's Journey, Mile Markers on the Road to Better Teaching. That's sponsored by the School of Education at the University of Mississippi and also an Amazon Planet production. We also have um, Teaching Math Teaching. That's if you're a math teacher educator, that's an awesome podcast where we're getting kind of advice and expertise from uh, from experts from around the country in all different roles of being math teacher educators. Some of them are at universities, some are a professional development organization, some are in local school districts. So if you're a math teacher educator or a teacher of math teachers, go ahead and check out the Teaching Math Teaching podcast. And then we're also going to have coming up another episode in the Transition Years podcast uh, that I, I did an episode earlier with John Staley. We're going to have another one that's going to first launch on this feed, on the Amazon Planet feed, and then it'll also be on the Teaching Math Teaching podcast feed. So lots of stuff happening in the Amazon Planet podcast network but uh just thankful for again thankful for all you out there thankful for all the cool things that are happening and looking forward to more cool things in the future so thank you for listening uh thank you to christy for sharing her time and expertise thanks to matt mifflin for the music in this episode and finally a big thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others this world is a better place because you have decided to use the gifts you have been given to serve others thank you for all that you do peace